0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, we will consider key performance indicators around surveys. And I have Philip Winterburn, the co-founder and chief product officer at Conversant. First, a word from our sponsor, Conversant, about Converge 18. As you know, the last year has publicly brought ethics to the center of business reputations worldwide. With the acceleration of the speak-up culture and organizational accountability that social media is enabling and amplifying, companies need to incorporate integrity into every level of their organization. Converge 18 is helping organizations to do just that by addressing ethical transformations head-on. This event will be held in Denver, Colorado from October 8th through 10th. At it, you will be able to network with 300 of your peers, including C-suite executives, legal professionals, HR leaders, and ethics and compliance visionaries. Gain insights from 35 speakers, including such prominent speakers as Wei Chen, Steph Vogel, the NBA's deputy chief compliance officer, and Carol Switzer, president of OSEC. You will bring home actionable takeaways to your compliance program from a variety of sessions, including two keynotes, five general sessions, 12-based roundtables and 18 interactive breakout sessions for you. You can get more information on Converge18 at Conversant's website, Conversant.com. Listeners to this podcast will receive a 50% discount to the event. Use the discount code TOMFOXVIP. That's all caps, TOMFOXVIP. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back again for another uh, podcast with Philip Winterburn, the Chief Product Officer at Conversant. We are exploring KPIs uh, in compliance ethics, and today we're going to take up the always interesting topic of surveys. So, Philip, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today.
1: Thank you, Tom. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: So, Philip, you have subtitled this topic Powerful and dangerous.
1: So why don't we just start off with uh, what did you mean by that? So um, I see you know, surveys, I think, have, um, have an incredible opportunity to give you real insight into the organization. Um, the problem is they are fraught with risk. If, if deployed incorrectly, um, the, the, the result set that you get can be hugely biased and not representative of the organization. And so, yes, they are incredibly powerful um, if you can get the right level of participation and transparency. Uh, But if not, they can be incredibly dangerous because you can be tempted to draw conclusions from a set of information that is really incomplete. So, with that uh,
0: explanation of both the power and the dangers of surveys, how can you utilize a survey to really test the ethical health of an organization?
1: Yeah, I see um, the combination of there. There's the sort of the company-wide annual, often HR-driven survey where a compliance team or ethics team get to embed a few questions at the end um, down to the what i see emerging much more of these pulse surveys um, which are much more targeted um, quicker rapid shorter uh, and very focused and so I, i'm a i'm a big fan of the pulse surveys i think it allows you to be much more uh, surgical in your analysis um <clears throat> and so the the measurements around that i mean there are a variety of standard questions out there that, that organizations use um, that everyone can pull down and, and, and leverage, but to use those to really test the perception of the of the team um, as to the ethics of the organization, the the fairness of the organization, the um, ethical health of the leadership, um, all of those questions are all very valid, and if you use them in conjunction with a, an overarching um, ethics and compliance program, I think they can be used very surgically. So, as you are, through your analytics, identifying areas of risk and concern within the organization, um, the ability to then deploy these sort of quick little pulse surveys um, into those areas to get additional insight, I think, can be extremely valuable.
0: Would it be, uh, uh, perhaps not fair, but could could you craft a survey Uh, with uh, similar questions, but uh, survey those who might be looking at the organization from the outside. So perhaps third parties, perhaps customer perception, uh, perhaps uh, shareholders to get uh, really an outside view, but a view of how others would see the organization and use that information uh, in a feedback loop going forward.
1: Yeah, I think you absolutely can. Um, Obviously, participation is key in these things. And, and so the communications around those, especially when you're going outside the organization, would have to be even more robust um, to get the rich participation that you want so that you are getting a representative response set. Um, one of the things we've actually been working on is the uh, sentiment analysis of social media, which is another way to get that external um, validation um, because you can see the, the sentiment of people tweeting about your organization, whether they're customers or suppliers, providers, business partners, um, you can see the trends and changes over time as sentiment may ebb and flow, which is also another great, um, it's, it's like a survey, it's just an unprompted survey, I guess, um, to get you that feedback loop.
0: One of the things that they taught us in my first statistics class way back when was you have to throw out the highest and you have to throw out the lowest to try <laughs> to get some sort of a sense of of where the actual true range might be. Uh, how do you how do you do that in the context of extremists, in a corporation who might uh, respond to a survey?
1: Yeah, and I think that's where it's um, it's critical that you have a representative sample set, and this is where you know, not many um, ethics and compliance programs have uh, statistical analysts to hand to come in and actually deploy the tools that are out there. But there are tools that can do this and techniques to ensure that the response set is large enough to be considered representative um, and then to also do the analysis of the, the responses. And this is where, you know, people get a little bit too focused on averages Um, They're they're all very interesting, but what is far more interesting is the distribution. So as you start looking at um, the distribution of responses, you can start to see where there is density um, and, and where there are outliers. And sometimes throwing out the top and the bottom is the the right approach. Um, Sometimes you'll find that there is a whole cluster up at the top. Uh, Who knows? But it's a a matter of really understanding the data set and understanding the sample size to ensure that you aren't just getting the extremists, which is always the risk you take with these things. If you don't get enough people participating, um, the people who are motivated to take the time to fill out a survey are the ones that have a strong view or a strong opinion, whether that's positive or negative. So you'll tend to get skews to the extremes um, rather than hearing from the silent majority who may not feel particularly strongly motivated to answer the questions. Which goes to why it's so important to have a really robust communication program um, around any survey that you do. You you, you have to ensure um, and try and drive participation. Uh, and you do that you know obviously we talked a little bit earlier about anonymity but giving people the belief and understanding that they can be anonymous uh, in that process so that they feel safe in participating is critical and so that that communication process ahead of any surveys that you do is key and then the communication process after the survey as well is just as important people need to hear and understand that their feedback has been in understood and incorporated um, and acted upon. Um, and then it's something, it's, it's like trust. You build it over time, right? So as they as the employee base get used to these surveys and get used to them um, not having negative consequences and get used to seeing action taken within the organization as a result, that will all gradually increase participation. So ultimately, you'll get to the point where you have enough participants um, to actually use the data um, to, with real value.
0: Philip, I've, uh, of course, had the the privilege of, of interviewing multiple persons for my podcast and writing several blogs uh, over the years. Uh, one of the things that uh, compliance officers will often share with me is that uh, we made this change because of an employee survey, or we made this modification, or we used this information in some way, and they're quite open about Sharing within the compliance community that they may have made a change based upon an employee survey. Would you advocate that the chief compliance officer or, or a compliance professional perhaps turn 180 degrees and make that same announcement internally that we've actually done something based upon employee feedback and celebrate that as
1: well? Absolutely, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't even recommend it. I think it's absolutely required. I think if. If you have that wonderful opportunity where the employee feedback that you've given, you've received, has um, stimulated a change within the organization uh, that you can celebrate and announce, I think that is something that will, without doubt, drive improved participation in the future. It also, uh, you know, we talked in another podcast about organizational justice and fairness. Um, it also reinforces that if people believe they're being heard and their opinions are respected, uh, you will increase employee engagement and um, uh, satisfaction within the organization as well. So you absolutely have to do that if you have that opportunity.
0: We do end in our time, but I, uh, I had uh, one more question that we've touched on throughout, but I was wondering if you might sum up uh, in one sort of section some of the common pitfalls you've seen in surveys.
1: Yeah, I think some of the common pitfalls are um, failing to communicate ahead, so failing to educate the employee base on what this is. Um, That is anonymous to reinforce that message. I think it's more than just an email going out. This has to be something that is um, managed through the organization, like any change management communication to really ensure, especially for the first time, to ensure people understand it and drive that high engagement. Um, I think... Failing to communicate afterwards the findings and the key actions coming out of that survey uh, will would erode um, trust in that process. So that is absolutely key. Um, and then the, the other piece that we've sort of touched on is really driving the anonymity message. If, if employees don't believe they can be anonymous in the process, you will most likely not get them engaging in it. So you really have to push that message hard And make sure people understand that they are protected
0: so philip unfortunately now we are at the end of our time uh i've been visiting with philip winterburn the chief product officer at conversant Uh, we've been visiting on surveys how they can be both powerful and dangerous philip uh thank you again
1: thanks very much tom i really appreciate
0: it hello everyone this is tom fox again i hope you've enjoyed this episode and i hope that you will join me at converge 18. We're going to have more discussions about KPIs. I'm leading a session on this. Once again, you can get a up to 50% discount uh, to Converge18 by using the code TomFoxVIP. That's T-O-M-F-O-X-V-I-P. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again.